Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Baloney. I'm your host, Mary Baloney, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. Welcome to episode 143. Today we're talking about what to do when things don't go your way. And I don't know about you, but I look back on all of my nearly 40 years of life and can tell you how many different, especially major things in my life where things just didn't go my way. And when I look back on those things and I remember what I actually wanted, I am completely grateful and thankful that things did not go my way. But I know when we're in the middle of something like that, it is devastating. It's It feels heart-wrenching, frustrating. You get upset and angry that things don't go your way. And especially when it comes to my fundraising efforts, I can recall specifically uh, my largest fundraiser that I often talk about on this podcast, that I was working so hard to get a chairman for this fundraiser. And I mean, I I cried out to God for help on this one because I was like, I'm done. I'm so tired. I've knocked on every door. I've felt like everything that could go wrong went wrong. And you know what? The couple that I wanted to be the chairman of my fundraiser, they actually said yes. They actually said yes to being a part and being the chairman of the event. And then we went and sat down with them. Um, you know, after they said yes, we started talking about what it was going to look like to be the chairman of the fundraiser. And I remember very specifically the words that she said, and excuse my language, uh, but she said, I have so many damn things in my life. I don't need one more thing. And in that moment, my heart just sank because I knew we had the wrong person. And I don't know if that has ever happened to you, but when you recruit a volunteer and you invite them to come in and you trust and trust them with your cause, with raising funds for your organization, for your ministry, for you as an individual, and then all of a sudden you find out that they they really just don't care and they don't care anywhere near as much as you. Uh, and sometimes that's hard to find. But in that moment, I got out in my car with um, my mentor at the time, and I, I sat down and I said, oh, I don't think we can move forward with this. I'm like, I, I just don't. There's no way. There's no way we're going to create the kind of fundraiser that we all envision this could be with leadership like that. And and these people, I, I want to be very clear, they're amazing, incredible people, and they had a lot going on in their life. And looking back on that, I mean, they made the right decision for their family and for their careers and for every. It just all fell into place. But in the moment, I was so upset. And of course, I had worked so hard to get them to say yes, and then for them to turn around and say, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, flat out. And so in those next few days, I really wrestled with the fact that I knew exactly who should be in the position, but the person had not felt like they were the right fit. And they felt like there should have been somebody who is maybe a little bit more elite, somebody who had, a, you know, a better position in the community, whatever that was. But she was on. A, she was going to help me find the right person. 
And in that moment after that happened, I had, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the YMCA parking lot <laughs> in Springfield, Missouri. And I was sitting there and I remember looking out my car windshield window and I looked out and I just was like, you have to do this. And I said to her, I said, there is no one that cares as much as you about putting on this fundraiser and you have to be the chairman. And I pleaded, I mean, I pleaded for her because I just said, I, ca I cannot imagine anyone else doing it, but you and I, and she reluctantly said yes and said, you know what? Uh, I will step into the role. But if we come across somebody else who's a better fit, um, then then we'll make that move. And we both agreed on that. And and honestly, it never happened. And I knew that it wasn't. I knew she was the right fit for the position. But I remember being so devastated and thinking, what the heck am I going to do if she doesn't say yes? And here I had been hired to put on this fundraiser. And we were probably, I had been on the job at this point about three months. And to me, that felt like years. <laughs> it felt like that, that time had drug out so long and I did not want to be a failure. I didn't want to feel like I had worked and they had hired me for this position and I couldn't even fill one position on the committee. But the thing is, is that I have learned over my decades of fundraising now that one of the things that you cannot control is timing. And when somebody is meant to have a position on your committee, who's supposed to be a volunteer, who's supposed to be a part as a, a donor, uh, some sort of leadership, a board member, you cannot rush the process. And I know that we want everything to happen in our timing and sometimes it just doesn't go our way. So I want to talk today about what do we do to actually cope with this? How do we move forward? How do we maybe change our mindset around how things are going to go our way? And so number one, I want you to be thinking about the fact that who says what the right way is? right? So we often think that, oh, I've got this vision in my mind of what this thing is going to look like. Think about any goal that you have right now that you've been thinking about over the last couple weeks or months or years, <laughs> and you start to think about what that, what the right process is, what the right plan and the right direction for this thing to go. And all of a sudden it starts winding and weaving and you're moving in different directions and you've come to like a dead end. And then you've had to like regroup, start again, go down a different direction. It just feels like this start and stop, start and stop. And that is life, right? There's no perfect way of doing things. And we often talk, and I know I often talk about having a roadmap and having a vision of what is the end result. And I noticed during, you know, more of my corporate fundraising space when I was at Special Olympics, ALS Association, and then at the American Cancer Society, while I was in those positions, I remember very specifically feeling like I was, I had to do things in the way that I was told to do them. So here I had this fundraiser that needed to happen on this date at this time, and this is how much money I needed to raise. And if I didn't accomplish it, then, then I was a failure, you know, that I screwed up and I shouldn't be in the job. And so those were the kinds of things that were running through my head. And I just started to realize more and more that it didn't really matter how you got to the end result, as long as you got there. And sometimes we don't even know what the end result should look like. 
You know, what, what is the right thing? What is the end result that, that should come? And so I want to just debunk this whole thing about that there is a right way, a wrong way, you know, that there's good things and bad things. I mean, all that stuff, it's like we, we have an end result that we want. And for the most part, for us, it's the mission. So as long as the mission is being accomplished, as long as the vision is coming true, then victory then mission accomplished, you know? So it's not about how we get there, it's the fact that we got there. And I wanna address something, I'm a, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, you know, he is talking right now about um, this this infinite game, that's like his most recent book that he's, he's come out with. And I think it's so brilliant because it, it reminds us that in the game of life, the you know, we're all living the game of life, right? There is no winning and losing in the game of life. We have a finite amount of years that we have on this planet, and it's really about how are we going to enjoy them? How are we going to use those years, those days, those hours to make an impact, to leave a mark on this planet, whatever, on this world? And and so the timing that we have is it's not winning and losing, but I know that that's just how we work. And I know I'm that way too. I'm always like, oh, am I doing the right things? Am I moving in the right direction? And who's to say what the right direction is? Who's to say what the end result is? You know, the reason why this topic really came up for me was because five months ago today, while I'm recording this, this episode, five months ago today, we moved into our new house and I was so excited about moving in and obviously it had been a long process for us to get here and to make this all happen but i knew that i was going to be dealing with some challenges over the next couple months and i knew that because my husband and i are both self-employed i knew we were going to be challenged with the fact that who knows how we're going to finance this house <laughs> like i mean they obviously gave us a loan to purchase the house you know to do the construction loan so we had a construction loan but that construction loan needed to move over into a permanent mortgage so a 15 year 30 year mortgage whatever and so we knew that when this project was done, we had to qualify for the loan on a house that was definitely going to be worth more than what we put on paper for that construction loan. Because we both agreed that we were going to cash flow as many of the projects as we could. Some of you guys have heard my story about how we ended up having to put in a retaining wall in the back of our house. We had no clue that there was going to be a nearly 10 foot drop off the back of our property into the alley behind our our house. So immediately we knew that we needed to have a retaining wall. And that retaining wall was, was over $30,000. So who has $30,000 laying around, right? (laughs) So, so there was like that. And then the foundation of our house, when they started to dig, they found two water cisterns underneath our property and foundation after foundation after foundation that was underneath the ground, which once again, we anticipated that there was definitely going to be something underneath the grass. Uh, something was going to show up underneath here that we didn't know what. I mean, there has never, there has not been a house on this property in 40 years, okay? 40 years. But prior to this, we knew that there was a, you know, a shoe repair shop that was here. There was a drugstore, lots of different businesses that had been on this property, but we had no idea how they were, they were built. So when they found those two water cisterns, we were not surprised. 
first. So thousands and thousands of dollars were dumped into filling those with concrete. So nothing ever happened in the future. They started to dig, of course, and they were thinking that they were going to not have to dig a full basement underneath our house. And once they got in there, we ended up having to build a fill a full basement underneath our house because the ground was not sturdy enough and so they had to get underneath all of those foundations to make make sure that our foundation was strong and so in that meant that we had 40 loads of rock truckloads 40 truckloads of rock that was brought in. None of this was budgeted for, none of this was planned. And so all these things were getting stacked up on us. And I felt like I was pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm the financial person, as you can imagine, in our household. Um, my husband really has been, you know, he worked with our general contractor and tried as much to just uh, do as much handiwork as he could to make sure that the costs were low. So all that was great and every single day I was just like, oh my gosh, I am just grateful for another day and being able to just juggle and try and pay these bills as they were coming in. And I created some stuff. I mean, I built out a few programs for Mary Valoni Consulting that I may not have ever done. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that because I have gotten to work with people that I probably never would have gotten to work with had that crazy chaos never occurred within our house, you know? And so at, as you can imagine, I mean, like at every turn, I was like, things are just not going my way. Like they are just not going my way. And so here we are five months ago, we move into our house, all's great. But at the same time, there are people coming in and out of our house every single day. So, I mean, they, they were not done with this project. I mean, they were still putting up, you know, the kitchen backsplash and the bathrooms and the electricians were in the house and the HVAC guys. And, you know, so, I mean, people were just, I, I remember one day somebody knocked on the door or well, actually, no, they walked up to the front porch. They walked up to the front door and just walked in our house. And it was the most odd feeling because I was like, um, we live here now, <laughs> like knock on the door and tell me who you are. But he like walked in and just started walking towards whatever project he was working on. So it was just an awkward season right then. But we knew that in all of this, we had to make sure that all the bills came in so that we could finalize that construction loan and get all the numbers finalized. And of course, we could only go up to the max that they had allotted for us. So we were really trying to figure out how to pay other people because the numbers were so high. And it, I will just tell you, if you have ever built or plan on building a home, a property, a cap, do a capital campaign, you just know when you get started. I mean, my husband and I, we both knew this will not go as planned. We know that the time frame is not going to be our time frame. We know that the bills are going to come in and it's probably going to end up being higher. So there was all these things that I really did anticipate because I was like, I know that this is probably not going to work out exactly exactly the way that maybe I have envisioned it. So I just didn't even set super high expectations. And that to me has always worked out in my favor that I'm like, be flexible. My, my old campus pastor, he used to say patience and flexibility. And that has rung true in almost every area of my life. And so I'm just like, patience and flexibility. You just, you never know what's going to happen. So here we are in the home and we're working to refinance the house, move that construction loan into a, a regular mortgage. And now just so you know, a construction loan is all you're doing is paying interest on it. So you're not making any principal payments. You're not paying escrow. Like nothing else is going into those payments besides just the interest. And it gradually increases 
increases as the home or the building is being built. So our first bill was like $100 and then our last bill was thousands. So it was like, as things were moving forward, I was like, oh my gosh, we have got to get out of this construction loan because all we're doing is just maintaining this balance. So here we go through the process and we're gonna refinance. And so we talked to our current bank. The way that this mortgage was set up was that it was supposed to just actually roll over into a new mortgage. But because we had taken on some additional expenses and were self-employed and the house had accrued all this equity in it, now, all of a sudden, the mortgage company we were working with, who should have just rolled it over, no closing costs, no nothing, all of a sudden they were like, um, yeah, you can't afford this loan. <laughs> and so they were like, uh, we, can't, we can't do anything for you. And could you imagine? <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, I mean, my husband and I both make more than enough money to afford the house that we live in now. Like maybe a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do this, but we knew that we were, we were making a wise decision moving forward, but we had no idea how the banks. And it, as you guys know, in 2008, 2009, during the recession, they had really cracked down all of these banks and all these mortgage companies have really cracked down on allowing for these, these loans to go out. So they are looking at every single number, paying attention to every single detail and just saying, you know, sorry, we have no place to budge on this. So we went with another company and we had kind of had it in our mind that we were probably going to refinance with them anyways. We had worked with them in the past. They had given us a really good interest rate. So I kind of had it in my mind that we were always going to refinance and go with this company. Fast forward five months, I was actually on the phone with them yesterday and the lady had told me on the phone that we have in the last five months provided 300 documents to them, 300 documents to prove that we can afford and we can move forward on the refinance of this house. And yesterday I finally, with great pleasure, <laughs> mind you, got to tell them to go fly a kite. <laughs> so I didn't say that, but, but I mean, I just, and, and the lady who was on the phone, I was, I tried very hard to be kind to her, but I told her, I was like, this is not anything to, you know, you are just the person who answered the phone, but I just want to let you know that we're done. And the reason why we're done is because by the grace of God, we were able to pay down these extra amounts that had come in unexpectedly. Um, like I said, foundation, retaining wall, all these additional expenses. And it got us to the point where they were like, okay, your numbers work. And five months, and I can't tell, I mean, like, Every single day for the last two months, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. Every single day I've been on the phone with somebody from one or the other, the bank or the mortgage company. And I mean, I, I got to December 30th and I just, I spoke to the lady from the mortgage company and I just was like, I will not be, and I was very firm and I'm like, I will not be moving into 2020 talking to you guys anymore. This has got to stop. And every single person I talked to, December 25th, 26th, well, not Christmas, but you know, prior to it, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, I mean, and every single day following the holidays, I mean, I was just like, enough already. This is just 
this is irrational. Like this is not okay. And I use the analogy that I was like, this is like going to a restaurant and somebody drops a drink on you. They spill your drink on your lap and then they bring out the food and the food's cold. And you know, it's like everything they do just goes wrong. And now I was a waitress. These situations actually did happen. There were moments where I was like 90, you know, 9% on my game. But every now and again, there was that 1% episode that would happen where you're like, oh my gosh, like things just cannot go my way. And you just start, you know, the plate dropped or the drink spilled or whatever. And it was like, I just felt so bad for the person who was on the receiving end. And I just was like, nothing I can do right now can fix whatever I've done already, you know? So you have those moments. But anyways, our bank called us and we signed all of our paperwork yesterday. And oh my gosh, the weight that has been lifted off my shoulders is freedom true freedom. (laughs) So I'm like, I just know that as I reflect back on this whole situation that's happened with this mortgage and why did it have to happen? Like, you know, sometimes when we're in it, we're like, I don't understand why um, that chairman, you know, why I had to go through the process of, of asking somebody else and then them stepping down and then having my new volunteer step in. Or, you know, like you think about so many different things in your life. I mean, whether it's somebody you dated or the college that you went to or the jobs that you landed yourself in. I mean, like I can look back on different times in my life where I'm like, I begged God to give me a specific job and he didn't give it to me or I didn't get it. And I was devastated and I was sick because I wanted it so bad. And in the moment you're like, why is this happening? And what can I, what can I do to make this better? And so here's just a few things that I want you to think about is that we've got to reframe the way that we look at things. And It's just so much better when you can just, I know some people say, um, imagine that it's like an experiment, you know, like you're in a science lab and this is an experiment. We don't know what life is going to bring and we're going to try this and we're going to try that and we're going to go here and we're going to go there. And you know what? In the end, most likely it's going to end up being exactly what you needed it to be in the moment. And I know sometimes we get things thrown our way that it's like, why did I have to go through that? And it was awful, especially when you think about a death in the family or a a medical situation, or when you think about the situations that your, your people are going through and, and you're like, why, why are they given this situation? Why are they going through what they're going through? And sometimes those things just don't make sense. And I get it. And I know that the the work that you do is is so important because sometimes things don't go our way and sometimes things don't go their way and you know that so you're trying to give people a hand up or a you know an opportunity to turn things around and be able to to really experience what life has to offer and you know so that's where I'm like just reframing the way that you look at the things that may not be going right in your in your situation. And I know you're probably thinking like, oh yeah, Mary, that's great once you've passed through it. But when you're in it, you're like freaking out because it's not happening. And so I'm going to tell you just a few things uh, here that you can start to just do to work through it. So if you're sitting in a position right now, like I was for the last five months, mentally for me, all I was thinking about was get through these days. I was 
kind of battling the clock. Like I was battling the calendar that I was like, if I could just get through these days, but then I was also in the same moment, like, oh, I don't want the time to go by because then all these other things are happening in my life that I really want to hold on to. So you can see where it's like, you want to rush through the bad stuff, but then you want to hold on to the good stuff, whatever you deem is good or bad, you know? And so, but here's just a few things to think about. And, and this was something that I learned heavily from just listening to Dave Ramsey for, I, I listened to his radio show for a long time when I was trying to pay off my debt. And obviously it was both my husband and my student loan debt. It was just debilitating. It was so heavy. And I just remember those days as like, nothing seemed to be going my way, but I was listening to several episodes of the Dave Ramsey show. And I, one of the things that he, when people would call in, they would often say, well, I can do A or I can do B. These are my two options. Can you help me? And in response, he would say, how about C, D, and E? Because there's never just two options when it comes to making decisions. And I know that it's easy for us to be like, it's either yes or it's no. And there's no other options other way. And, and I want you to see, if you reflect back, if you look in the rearview mirror and you see all the different decisions that you've made in your life, how often did it end up being a C option? It wasn't A what you thought or B what you thought, but it was actually C, a combination of things where it was like, well, maybe I could do this and then I could do this. And so it's like just being extra creative around making things work. And that's exactly what I had to do with this house loan that I was like, okay, I'm going to shift this and I'm going to move this here. And, and originally that was not plan A and that was not plan B. And honestly, it was probably EFG, <laughs> you know, like it was way, way, way down the line because you start trying things and you're like, well, this isn't working and this isn't working. And then you used to keep moving down the line. And so think through about, I just don't want your immediate thing to go towards anger or worry because there's nothing that you can do when you get angry and you get so riled up. That is not a good solution. It might in the moment make you feel better, but it doesn't, it doesn't last and worrying about stuff. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I was looking at some of the studies that they were talking about, about worry. And it's like 8% of all the things that you could worry about, like 8% is all that could actually happen because most of it is just all made up nonsense in our head. So I always tell people when you are going through a, a tough time and things are just not going your way, think about what could happen. And that's really what happened with me with my house. I was just like, well, what could happen? Is anybody going to take our house away from us? No. Were we just going to drag out this stinking construction loan? Yeah. You know, it was just going to be a couple more months. And then I was like, you know what? Tax season is just a coucouple months away. Worst case scenario, we'll go through another tax season. Our numbers will change and it'll be fine. So, but in my mind, initially I was like, oh my gosh, everything's going bad. It's not going right. And your mind just goes and goes and goes. But what helped me through the process were a few things. Obviously working out like what, what could go wrong? What's the worst case scenario so that I can just kind of debunk all the things that it's like the sky's falling. It's the end of the world all that kind of stuff. But, um, but also being able to just take a step back and evaluate what's happening and just realize that this happens to everyone. 
This happens to all of us. You are not alone in this. When things don't go your way, that board member sucks at life, you know, that donor gave a gift and then all of a sudden they went bankrupt or, you know, they somebody passed away and that person was the one who said that they were going to give this this large gift to your cause. Those things happen and they don't always go your way. And so that's why so many people say like, don't count your chickens before they're hatched, you know, because like even when somebody pledges a donation, like you don't really know that the donation is there until it's in the bank. And so all those things, like it's easy to get so excited and to celebrate what's happening and then it doesn't go your way and you're like, oh my gosh. So I do think that there's a lot of value in inventing and sharing, and that's kind of why I'm sharing right now, is because I think it's really important for you to process what actually happened. So to be able to go back, and for me, I've been like really trying to process like what happened? Did I do something wrong? Should I have done it a different way? Was this in was was this in my control at all? And you know what? To be honest with you, I I did everything that I could in the moment, and that's I mean that's really all I can say. And so. And that's really, for the most part, all of us, when things don't go our way, it's it really, you did the best with what you had in the moment. And now I've grown from that. I obviously have a lot more experience in what happened. I've never built a house before. I've never done that. So how would I have known that some of these things were going to happen? And then I also was living by faith. You know, my husband and I, we plunged into this home build and we knew that we were going to be walking into some of these challenges. So we were were not blind to the fact that this was going to happen. I just did not anticipate that it was going to be this intense. It was going to last this long, that it was going to consume my thoughts so much. And so one of the things that I did that really helped me too along the way was I'm an avid journaler. And when you've got a lot of things that are going on in your mind, it is so helpful just to write it out. And I, I was talking with a friend the other day and he said, I'm awful at journaling. And I'm like, it's fine. Like you don't have to have some sort of perfection when it comes to journaling or writing or whatever, getting it off your chest. It, it may be verbally that you, you need to vocalize that. And maybe that's with a friend or a peer or a, a supervisor. But I will say if things are not going your way and it, it feels like it's gossip, like it's like you're having some sort of challenge that's happening with a peer. I, I just always feel like if it's something that's a challenge like that, you need to go up and talk to a supervisor, talk to somebody who's more of a mentor to you so that you aren't gossiping about whatever that thing is. Uh, because it is so easy for that to happen where it's like, I mean, I worked in an office where there, there were three of us, a perfect gossip triangle, right? And so it was so easy for two people to talk about the third person. And, and it just, that is the worst way to handle something like this. Really go to somebody who can give you advice, who can really just sit with you and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. Help you walk through to see what's the end result going to be. How can we make this work? And so I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what you've been through in the past, but I just want you to know that you're going to be okay. And you know what, there's probably a good chance that things are going to turn out better than what you expect. And so that's really what I want you to hear from today's episode is that Things will always give you a, a turn. Like life is just that way. And honestly, if life were predictable, if everything was so easy, it would be so boring. We would not love the work that we're doing because it would be so predictable. 
And so you guys have these challenges and opportunities and things that are happening every single day in your cause. And all I want you to see is, is the fact that this is fun. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's feel a bit empowered by the fact that we get to make these decisions and we get to be a part of something that's just really life transformational. So instead of dwelling and sitting in that dark place of like, oh my gosh, everything's going wrong. When is this going to be over? Start looking at the opportunities and start looking at how can I use this as an example? How can I use this to help somebody else? You know, so often people go through a tragedy, they go through a loss, and you guys know this better than anyone, especially when you empower your, your volunteers who may have experienced uh, a transformation through your cause. They are the best advocates to talk to the next generation of people who come through, the next group that comes through your cause. Because been there, done that, I understand you. I understand the, the scary you know process of being diagnosed with a terminal illness or being diagnosed with whatever it is, or, you know, Know, feeling like you're alone or depressed, feeling anxious, whatever those things are, maybe it's poverty or, you know, what, and you've gotten yourself out of it. And those people have the ability and you yourself may be doing the work that you're doing because you went through what every one of your uh, people have gone through. And so it just makes you so much more relatable and you understand them. And so I went to a conference and, and somebody asked the speaker said, why do we have to go through pain? Why? And I know like people will turn this on, you know, oh, if, if God was such a good God, why does he make us go through this? And it's like, and obviously we can ask these questions all day long, but when this, when this lady said, why do we have to go through pain? She's like, I lost my child, went through a diagnosis of cancer, you know, all these things have happened. Why, why did I have to go through that? And the gentleman who was speaking said, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but there is something about the fact that because you went through that, the person sitting next to you finds hope, finds, you know, that they could get through it too, because you've been there and you got through it and you, you're here to tell the story of what, what happened to you. And so that connection that we have with each other, that connection that we have with other humans is something that is really beautiful. And I know that the pain of what I've been through in my fundraising is ultimately what has what drives me to want to share these stories with you guys, because then it allows you to say, okay, I'm having that same stinking problem with my volunteer, with my board member, and how do I get through this? And how do I make like get them to understand or get them to step up or become, you know, that A plus volunteer that I I know that they are capable of becoming. And I I know that I get you because I sat through those days of pleading for my chairman to come on board and say, like, I don't want just anybody. Like, I can't just give this role to anybody. I need somebody who's really going to take it to the level that I envision it could be. So if you're trying to raise a million dollars, like it's going to be hard and you're going to have to go through a lot of conversations with people who are going to say, oh yeah, like I'd love to be a part of that. And in your gut, you're like, I don't think this person's going to be able to take us to that level. And it may not go your way, but in the end, when you come back and you pull back all the layers, you'll reflect back and you'll be like, 
man, that went exactly <laughs> the way that it needed to go. And I just couldn't see it in the moment. So I'm just going to encourage you to give yourself a little bit of grace when you're going through those moments, allow yourself to vent and to share what's going on, but then pick yourself up and remind yourself that it's going to be okay. It's all going to work out exactly the way that it's supposed to go. So on that note, I'm just excited for, you know, continuing these months into 2020, continuing to move through the process of helping you find freedom in your fundraising. And let's not let these things that are not going our way stop us or debilitate us because that's exactly what we can't let happen. Our people need us way too much. And if we're frozen and we're, you know, curled up in our bed or in the corner of our room, that is not helping your staff. It's not helping your, your, the people that you serve any it's worthless. It's a waste of time. So let's not waste our time there. So if you guys need anything throughout the week, don't be afraid to reach out. My email, of course, is mary at maryvaloney.com. If you are not getting my emails, by the way, I send out an email every single week. And if you're not getting those emails, jump on maryvaloney.com and just fill in your information. And I'll make sure that you get all the updates that happen with Mary Valoni Consulting. So I uh, hope you guys have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time time.